0: From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the air.
1: I, I would say it like this, girl, you need to come on come on in out of the rain. That that would be my, you know, my challenge to, you know, get yourself cleaned up and get your life together and treat yourself better. And
2: she called me. Like this dude is like a real gentle soul, like.
1: Oddly enough, it started
2: raining. The regard that he has for human life.
1: And, um, you know, her hair was wet, her face was wet, she was in tears.
0: What are you praying for these days? Hmm. Um. I'm Jonathan All. St. Louis filmmaker Seth Ferrante will be debuting his documentary this July 17th as part of the St. Louis International Film Festival. The documentary covers the activism of a local pastor, Kenneth McCoy, known as the Pastor of the Streets. He goes out into the streets and his nightlife ministry seeks to fight the epidemic of mental illness and drug addiction while actively interrupting the gun violence culture. Joining us to talk about this are our filmmaker, Seth Ferrante. Seth, thanks for joining us today.
2: Pleasure to be here, man. Thank you.
0: And also the subject of your documentary, Reverend Kenneth McCoy. Reverend, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Um, Reverend, I'd like to start with you. What compels you to do the work that you do, where you go out and meet people who need help where they are?
1: Um... My faith and what I see when I read the Bible, uh, some personal experiences, uh, losing very very young members to gun violence, members of my church, young people who are baptized as as as, as children, who I wound up burying them at uh, 14 years of age, 17 years of age, all that um, sort of. I don't know if "inspiration" is the right word, but it compelled me to get involved in uh, this kind of ministry.
0: A lot of people who are ministers find other ways that are less dangerous, to be quite frank, um, to, to to practice their faith. Do you feel like more people should be called to your level of? helping people who really need help where they are and, and when they need it, even sometimes when they resist your help?
1: Uh yes, I do. In in a perfect world I think that would be the case. Um, I think that, you know, when you talk about church church culture, I think that there's just a way that 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 the the modern church addresses those kinds of things. And, and and it's that's not to say that um churches or 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 denominations or faith communities that's not to say they're not doing anything i don't want to i don't want to give that impression at all but i think what what's important is that we give of ourselves that we make that human contact with people and that's that's uh, what i sought to do that to make sure that the people that we minister to on, on on the streets understood that um We value them. Uh, We appreciate them. In fact, um, were it not for the grace of God, so goes a lot of us. So I think what we're missing, we're just sort of missing the the personal connection. There's a a lot of programs. There's a lot of foundations. There's tons of money. But I think we're, we're, we're lacking when it comes to people capital and people actually going out into the streets and engaging those individuals.
0: Three nights a week, you go out between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m.? Is that correct? And uh, actually, f- it, it, we, at 11.
1: We started 11. At, okay. it when we first started. We did 10. Now it's, we started at 11.
0: And the, the Fountain Park and Lewis Place neighborhoods?
1: Yes, that. And um, we've done a couple of other neighborhoods. Um, we're looking forward to going south off uh, 55 in the next few weeks
0: what how do you keep going because in a lot of the the scenes that we we see in in the documentary um we see you trying to connect with people some of them are just they're not having it they're very upset They, they they don't want your help there's gunshots that seem to ring out quite a bit how how do you keep going with that
1: um I really don't think about that. It's it's just sort of I guess if you if you if you're working, some days you're going to have bad days, some days you're going to have good days. I don't I don't, you know, I never I don't overreact to it. I mean, I I I'm more concerned about the safety of uh those persons who 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 are with me. But I I don't I don't invest a lot in that emotional emotionally because it's the streets, and we're essentially trespassing. We're on somebody else's turf. So I sort of expect oftentimes the unexpected. And and and, and most of the time, nothing really happens most nights. But the nights that it does, it's just kind of off the chain those nights.
0: Seth Ferrante, how did you decide that uh, Reverend McCoy would be a, a good subject for a documentary.
2: Yeah, well, I was doing a lot of stuff for Vice um, as a freelance journalist back in 2015, and we saw all these sweeping indictments in St. Louis, like these big gang indictments where they, you know, roll up like 100 people. You know, a lot of times when, uh, you know, they're trying to uh, basically, um, you know, clear the areas of young men or, you know, like like they've done, gentrified in a lot of different areas around this country. So, I was coming in to kind of do something on these gang indictments and gentrification and on um, the heroin epidemic for Vice article. And, they, you know, I was asking a whole bunch of people, like, who can I get on the north side? You know, I was looking for some people to talk to. And through a lawyer friend, I got directed to the Reverend Kim McCoy. And once I met him, he invited me to come out to see what he was doing. And and once I went out with him and I saw what he was doing, I was like, well, this is a story, you know, that story, that idea I had before. So I actually did a piece for Vice. It was called The People Who Walked St. Louis's Most Dangerous Streets in 2015. And then, you know, I just thought, like, what the Reverend— Kim McCoy was doing was so uh, you know extraordinary. I mean, this dude's like a knight in shining armor. He's like a, a Superman, you know, for his people. You know, his his biggest thing, his motto is he said he loves his people more than he fears them. So I mean, I just had such admiration for this dude that I just thought it was something bigger. I thought it was something that had to be on a bigger platform. And at the same time, I was making White Boy with uh, Sean Wreck and Transition Studios, which, which ended up on Stars, and um, and then Netflix you know, the document about White Boy Rick. So I was actually, I was looking for something that I could do local, you know, that I didn't have a lot of funding for. And um, this story is right here. And I just started, we started walking with the Reverend Kim McCoy and we just started recording. We started bringing three cameras out and it was a long process, man. It was like two years of recording and then three years of editing. So, you know, this has been kind of a labor of love, a passion of mine to tell this story, you know, and finally, you know, we're at the point where we're going to premiere, you know, so it's, it's pretty exciting.
0: Seth, you, you spent some time in, in, in prison on drug charges. You've been around people who are addicted, people who are hurting, people who are, are without a home. Were you prepared for what you saw when you were walking the streets with Nightlife Ministry? And was there anything that surprised you?
2: Yeah, I think I, think I was prepared. You know, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up in the inner city, but, you know, I was around a lot of dudes in prison you know, African-American young dudes who grew up in the inner city. So I, I had a pretty good idea what to expect. Plus, my writing was kind of focused on, like, a lot of African-American drug lords and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, the the biggest thing that surprised me was um, just the Reverend Kim McCoy, like, his kind of— like, this dude is like a real gentle soul. Like, he just goes out and he finds like these, whatever you want to call these people, you know, stigmatized, marginalized, you know, lost souls, people that the lost way. He just goes in and he finds them. And, and he's like, the way he treats them, you, you just got to, you know, because a lot of people would not, they would not, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of people would not spit on these people if they were on fire. You know, that's the way our society is today. Once you're marginalized, once you're stigmatized, once you're a drug addict, you're homeless, or even to a certain extent you're a minority, you know, people just have no regard for you. And just to see the regard that he has for human life, I mean, that's that's what surprised me the most.
0: Reverend, the documentary film shows you during one of your late night ministry walks— um, talking with a woman named Felicia from the mm-hmm. summer of 2016. Mm-hmm. She talks about uh, her addiction to drugs. Her own daughter, also addicted, had just overdosed, and you encouraged her to get help.
1: Right. So I got a lot of stuff on my plate. And then me using drugs, is not really happening, but... It's my fault. It can kind of. It, I don't
2: know, when I do drugs, it's like...
1: It takes me away from all the problems that I've facing. She, she's exceptional, and as soon as she figures out just how exceptional she is, look out. Because I think she's going to be a, a huge blessing to a lot of young ladies who, you know, who she's going to speak into their life in such a way that they're not going to come nowhere near this. No, I, I mean, listen, we just love her right now where they end. Love her right now. And, and not going to love her anymore once she turns it around. It's good because we just, we already love her.
0: That was Reverend Kenneth McCoy from the upcoming documentary Nightlife, which is premiering July 17th at the St. Louis International Film Festival. Reverend, um, you tried to get Felicia into rehab, but a clinic wasn't open that late at night. Days after that conversation, we heard um, that she died of an overdose. Um what was that experience like and maybe how typical was that of, of what you face?
1: Um, that that's probably one of the most painful things I'd ever experienced in my life because I had always said to Felicia, uh Felicia, I, I would say it like this, girl, you need to come on come on in out of the rain. That that would be my, you know, my challenge to, you know, get yourself cleaned up and get your life together and treat yourself better and she called me and said that she was ready to make that change and i was uh, so excited i think i had to take my daughter somewhere or do something but i i i i i canceled that and um i went running down to the track to hold my tracks uh they had you know they had had a little party for her in the alley it was just the coolest thing they, they she had they somebody had got her some makeup she had made herself up and um, I took her to the bread company. We hated bread company. And she thought that it was a five-star restaurant. She was just – her mind was just blown by it. And um, we went back. I don't know if I should name the facility. Um, but it, um, a lot of these facilities are just overwhelmed. They're understaffed, underfunded, the whole nine yards. So we went to this one facility, and they told us to leave and come back over a certain period of time. And then when we came back, they told us that uh, they didn't have a bed for her. And she um, stood, outside that, stood, stood outside that facility, and she wept. And I, w- I was absolutely heartbroken. And it was one of the most difficult things I'd ever done to have to take her back to the my tracks. And um, oddly enough, it started raining and, um, you know, her hair was wet, her face was wet, she was in tears, and it was just, a, a, it, was, it, was, it was horrible to have to um, uh, dr- drop her off uh, back into the environment that she thought, that she, that she had hoped that she would escape that night. And um, when I got word that she passed, it was equally devastating. To be perfectly honest with you, after that, I really thought about discontinuing the ministry. Because that kind of thing uh, was just too painful, and I, I really felt responsible for it because you know I had challenged her, and um, she 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 stepped up to the plate, met the challenge, and I just felt like I didn't deliver, and and I still struggle with that today. So it was very painful.
0: You said you thought about leaving. What made you change your mind?
1: Oh. I kind of just forced myself to just kind of just, man, you just need to keep doing this. Um, There are other Felicias out there. Um, You just need to keep doing this. It it was a difficult thing. I think I I sort of walked around out there for weeks um, with my head in the game, but not my heart, because I was still wrestling with whether or not what I was doing was, was it worthwhile? Was it effective? You know, you know, all those kinds of things. I just really second-guessed myself. So it was, it was a difficult process, but I've still not gotten over that, but um, um, I'm at a better place with it. I don't, let me just say that. I, I don't
0: want to dwell just on the things that have gone not the way you would have liked. Can you tell me about someone that you helped and that gives you joy and helps fuel you to, to, to keep going?
1: Yes, there are quite a there they're really there there they're quite a few people. Um uh, there's a young lady who um said she wanted some help, but she was embarrassed because she hadn't had a bath like in, in a week or something like that. And she said, uh, Reverend, you just don't know how difficult it is. You know to we're, we're you know I'm ashamed of myself and you know and people do deal with all that shame and um, I was able to uh, introduce her to some people who got in a hotel room she got a bath and got herself together went to some rehab and she's doing all right now I still see her from time to time and another young man that we met earlier on who was on his way to kill someone. And um, he was in tears, and uh, we prayed with this young guy. He went by a nickname. I'm not going to call his name, but he, he, we, we prayed with him, and um, he abruptly uh, in he ended the prayer because he just saw Because I, I held his hand, and he just dropped his hand, and that's when he told us that he was going to go kill this person. And so my son had just gotten shot, maybe I don't know, two weeks prior to that. So I saw my son in him, and I just grabbed him and hugged him. He was, let me go, OG, let me go, OG. I said, no, 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 I just want to ask you a few questions. I just want to talk to you for a minute. I said, hey, man, do you have any kids? He said, yes. Boy or girl? He said, I have a son. I said, what is your son going to do if you go over here and shoot this guy and wind up spending the balance of your life in prison, or worse, um, you go over here and get shot? Uh, what, what, what are you going to do? And um, I hugged him, and he cried. And I I, I walked the brother. We walked the brother home. I think somebody got the gun from him. And I saw him. uh, This was during the summer. I saw him during that winter. And I've seen him a couple of times since. And he is doing quite well. So that that really inspires me. Doesn't happen enough, but um, that that was really 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 inspiring. I I needed that moment just as bad as he did, if not more.
0: Seth Ferrante, when, when people see your documentary, what do you hope that they come away with?
2: Yeah, the, I think this doc, it, it's really, it's, it's a call to action because if you see what the Reverend Kim McCoy is doing, I mean, you know what he's doing is not for everybody, but if more people did it, if, if more people went and met people where they're at, you know, if we stop stigmatizing, if we stop marginalizing, if, if we stop stereotyping people, I mean, these people are just, they're, they're caught up in it, you know, they need help. You know some of them maybe they don't want help right now but if that helps there you know like the Reverend Kim McCoy is, is is trying you know to extend that to them you know think how many lives you can save man it's it's just you can't place a value on human life so even one life saved is is invaluable and so if you had more people kind of doing this stuff meeting people where they're at i i just like this this model that he's doing and um also, what what I want this film to accomplish is uh, I want the Reverend Kim McCoy. I mean, he he's had a lot of news articles. He's been recognized nationally, but. Uh you know, I mean, this dude needs to go out and speak his inspirational message, you know, and and tell people why he's doing what he's doing, what made him do it. I mean, this can inspire people. If, if he goes and tells his story of what he's done with Nightlife and why he did it, you know, this guy should be speaking all over the nation, inspiring, you know, tons of people to do different things, whatever it is. You know, they don't have to do what he did. But, you know, I, I just think this film is kind of a calling card, you know, for him, and and who he is, and and what he's about, and and what he's accomplished, and what he can still accomplish, you know, for the betterment of of all people.
0: Reverend McCoy, if it's not too personal a question, I wonder if we could close with, what are you praying for most these days?
1: Hmm. Um. I would. I, I. I really. I think Seth nailed it. I. I would like to see more people, uh, willing to give. Give of themselves, um, and treat people, despite their station in life, like they're part of the human family. like they're part of God's creation. It's 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 my constant prayer. Every time I drive by and I see a homeless person or an addicted person or some young brother that's lost or some young sister that that's lost, I um, I'm, I'm vigilant uh, when it comes to that, and that's that's basically where my you know where where my prayers are most of the time.
0: Reverend Kenneth McCoy, founder of Night Life Ministry and pastor at the Progressive A.M.E. Zion Church, Reverend, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Seth Ferranti is a St. Louis filmmaker. The film is Nightlife, and it will premiere July 17th as part of the St. Louis International Film Festival. Seth, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. This episode was produced by Danny Wisantowski audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dore. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group.